Alcohol Beyond This Point Podcast. This isn't two podcasters talking business. This is two business guys trying to podcast. So we're wearing headphones for the first time, and we can actually hear ourselves um, speaking now. Um, mostly because... Well, no, I'm going to tell people it's because, yeah, yeah, that's like a professional, you know, Joe Rogan setup where you have the headphones. Uh, realistically, though, it's because the last couple episodes I had to do a, like a lot of audio tweaking and there were some audio issues. And if I could just hear what I sound like, I could have fixed it in the podcast, not post. So hopefully this will help me do my audio editing a little bit better. Yeah, and it also can help us be better at mic discipline. Yeah. Does mine sound super quiet still again? Yeah, well, look at the waveforms as well here still. Why? You want to turn it up a bit, your mic? God, it's all the way over there. <laughs> Thanks for coming back, guys, to episode 106 of the Alcohol Beyond This Point podcast, the podcast where we debate business topics both sober and drunk to see if we come to the same conclusions. This week's episode, we're talking about child labor. Are we? I would like to. Okay. Do you want to lead with that, or does that do you sound better? Topic, or is, you just... is the waveform better? I think or... so. Yeah, it looks fine. Okay. Um, no, it's actually a real thing. Um, it's I child mean, labor is a real thing. It's a fucking news cycle thing right now, but <laughs> there all of a sudden has been a realization that there are hundreds of thousands of uh children laboring in america wow couldn't have predicted that well it's specifically migrant children <laughs> america is literally a third world country literally it's it's specifically migrant children from third world countries uh that's fine well that's kind of a problematic term but anyways from developing nations from from places that need to send their kids elsewhere to make money uh but you can pretty easily send your kid over the border and, you know, they'll get captured by the border guards, but they'll get re-released back into, like, they get released into the U.S. And they'll try to release them to, like, either, you know, the kid will come with, like, a phone number or something like that. It'll be, like, a family member or family friend or whatever. But sometimes they're just, like, there's a story of a kid who, like, found someone to stay with, like, on Facebook. When I say kid, they're, like, 13 or 12. And, uh... So they go stay with this person, and this guy's like, immediately starts charging this kid rent. Typical. And then is like, uh, you also need to pay me for all like the processing fees and whatever forms that I have to do, you know, to work with like HHS. So then he's like charging the kid all these fees. He's charging him for food, charging him for rent, and then he starts charging him like forty percent interest on all the like compounding weekly on the shit that he owes. So hey, that's breaking ursary laws. You can only charge 40% per annum. Yeah, no, he's like just <laughs> That's my problem with it. Literally just like making this up. And this this like this like 13-year-old kid. So the kid's got to go to school and then works an 8 8 to 10 hour shift overnight. Like just goes from school, then to work with his little backpack and he's like going to like a factory with like conveyor belts that'll rip your fucking fingers off. And the people hired him, which is also a thing well, in this story. Cuz he goes and gets like a fake ID that says he's 16 and then he goes and works a night shift. Back in my day, we got fake IDs to drink underage, right. not to 
And then these kids fucking drop out of school because they can't handle eight hours of school followed by eight hours of work. And then what are you going to do? Drop the, drop the work that pays the bills? Nah, we're going right. to drop the fucking... I'm like, that's yeah. just kind of like... The, the story's very nuanced, basically. And when I say child labor, it's usually like 10 to, 10 to 15, 14-year-olds. And they're, most of them are going into like these higher-risk jobs that other people don't want to do where these supervisors are willing to look the other way. And a lot of it's like pretty shitty working conditions. And kids get injured a lot because they're just like smaller and less experienced, whatever. Uh, but here's something to ruin your favorite snack. Uh, this reporter talked to uh, the kids that do the packaging for Flamin' Hot Cheetos, and they complained that their lungs just burn all the time because <laughs> they're inhaling spicy Cheeto dust the for only... fucking 12 hours a day. That's objectively funny. I mean that they're getting like permanent give them a injury. fucking respirator. They're getting like permanent injury from spicy Cheeto dust is objectively funny. Yeah. So anyway, the federal government's moving to like they're gonna hold like Cheetos personally responsible, <laughs> even though it's like Cheetos suppliers supplier. Is that, a, is that a PepsiCo brand? Um, I don't know, but like Pepsi, I think it is. Pepsi's uh, swept up in this fucking uh, like Ford. Um, yeah, like Kellogg's, General Mills, like pretty much like every big brand you can think of in the S&P 500 is like fucking wrapped up in this because they're all using child labor. Love and... it. Got to get those margins down. Yeah, and then inflation's like, crazy. 90% of the effort 90% of the effort on this story is like, "Oh, we need to crack down on the corporations and find them." And no one's like well, what about the kids? <laughs> Fuck like, the kids. They needed the money for a reason. Like yeah, yeah. the you're... fact that they had to go to work, I think that's the problem that should be attacked. But you're they're not like, addressing. Like, you're... no, we need to find corporations because that's how. Because yeah. why would you solve a problem if you could just like? Well, then if you just find the corporations, then they can just pay, keep paying the fines to have child labor, so it's fine. Right. Yeah. yeah. You, you're just calling the flames woke for bl burning a specific thing instead of being like hey maybe we should stop setting fires so i have a flaming hot cheeto story did you put it no so i'm not gonna say many details because i don't want him to get in trouble okay but i have a friend good start i have a friend who's a bartender and uh he was telling me the other day that uh he worked an entire shift on like 500 milligrams of edibles like way too like an effective dose is like 20 and he was on like right. 500 yeah he's on the one of those um, like fucking galaxy benders so he is he had a um i guess he had like a party the night before or like not a party but like five guys came over and like smoked weed and like chilled out right so but then he had like a plumber coming in the morning okay so He's like this plumber. He's like showing him what what's wrong with the pipe or whatever, and then he's like, oh, "I gotta gotta go to work soon." So he just grabs these bag of flaming hot Cheetos, and while he's talking to the plumber, he's eating them. And then he gets to work, and he's like, "I can't feel my feet. <laughs> like I'm fucking <laughs> melting." And he's like pouring pints, and he's like spilling a bunch and everything. He's like, "I'm dying. Like I think I need to go to the hospital." Um, but his like brother was there just like as a patron because he drinks yeah. there. So like his brother like talked him through it and he's like, okay, whatever. And then he went home and he picks up these, this bag of uh, flaming hot Cheetos and it's a illegal edible. Like oh. it's a, it's an edible, but it just says 
the milligrams with the with the weed leaf in the bottom, like the smallest fucking print you can barely. She showed me a picture of these, right? And I'm like, I can barely like they're not legal packaging for Canada, like they're of just whatever. But he, I yeah, dosed himself on like, and it's like this whole bag, and he fucking ate ninety percent of it, and then he left a little bit at the bottom. He's like, oh well, they're not mine, so I'm just gonna in case whoever wants them, like right. you know, wants to finish them, and he just yeah, he was like this entire ship was just like I am going to die like i think because he didn't know so yeah. he's like i've been poisoned or like i have um accidental drug use i think it's I'm... gotta be the scariest thing. he's like i think i'm having a fucking stroke or yeah. something I'm, right I'm, like my mind is breaking yeah and then his brother was just like this sounds like a weed thing like you need to yeah. just just chill out you're fine and then he was thinking about it and he's like wait actually and then yeah he went home and confirmed he's like oh yeah those are fucking edibles that so it's like one of his friends brought them yeah and and didn't think like wasn't trying to poison him or anything right, he's right. just like you know passed out on the couch and left the edibles there and then uh yeah but then so it was funny because i was kind of like thinking of like usually i'm pretty against like liquor and cannabis regulation like i think it goes overboard but um that's i think that's a reasonable one is <laughs> like making it obvious that these edibles are edibles good <laughs> packaging like we always rant about this old smoky shit which is funny because that's like the um what parents always like freak out about they see propaganda on uh, facebook and they always think like, oh, you're going to get some fucking candy that's not even labeled, but it's actually... And you're like, shut up, Karen, that's propaganda. And then it happens, and you're like, shit. <laughs> well, it's it's propaganda in, in respect like that this is being distributed to kids maliciously. It's not propaganda that it you can get it. And yeah. it's out there for sale. Because, so, I mean, that's just like good business. is like sell edible versions of products that people love. Yeah. That makes sense. It's like, but it's not... But this it's is like, not marketed to children. This is marketed to people that eat like children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, like, here's another thing about cannabis that I just was reading a report. So there's this, like, bombshell report, apparently. This lab in um, in in Canada here, they're, like, a quality control marijuana lab, right? Right. And they're, like, I think some of these companies are lying on their packaging. So they take 500 different brands of weed. Yeah. From uh, dispensaries all across, like, Ontario. Not a single one was the THC content that said it was on the label. By a factor of what? One was eight times less. Holy shit. That's how far off. Wow. Like, it was, like, 70, said 75 milligrams. It was, like, 10. Huh. Um, And some were way higher. Some were way lower. But most, like, I think they said, like, 80% was lower. Right. Than what they're advertising, which means they're charging more for less product. And then people were responding to this basically being like, or like they, their conclusion was like, imagine if this was the liquor industry, you'd be fucking it. People would be in jail yeah. for this. And then, but Canada, Health Canada has such a fucking lockdown on cannabis, but then they're just letting this go. Like for, right. for no reason. Like, you know what I mean? It's such a weird, where it's like they prevent competition by making it so restrictive and then the people that have it they just let do whatever the fuck they want don't even test the shit don't even do anything like for the yeah. amount that amount sheer amount of stuff to get through and I, I don't really know the cannabis industry i was just i'm regurgitating what it said from this report that like there has to be gross negligence for it to be that bad yeah absolutely it would have to be like, 
I don't know anything about obviously making or growing cannabis or packaging or creating these products, but like, is it hard to nail consistently? I heard not. Yeah. Okay. So as long as you have the same genetic strain, it should be consistent. Well, and I think it's relatively easy to, to, um, test, test. Yeah. As far as I know. And most of these big weed places should have it in house. Right. Their labs or whatever, right? Like, if I have fucking hydrometers in house to test my alcohol, like. Well, especially because this is, like, this is literally your end product. And if you don't know how much is going out the door. Well, imagine I was selling. That's gross negligence in terms of, like, you, you could entirely be underselling or overselling your product, which is bad business. Imagine I was selling alcohol that said 15% and it was 5%. Right. That's basically what we're talking about. Yeah, like, that's just fraud. Unac- that's unacceptable. Yeah, that is fraud. I'm allowed uh, 15% up or down. Right. So on a 12% wine, I'm allowed about a percent right. on the label. So if the, And that, that counts for... that. The reason why that law is there is just for variance in uh, batches. Yeah. Because fruit has different uh, amount of sugar in it. So year to year, you it may change. So that's just what that's accounting for. So yeah, like a 12% wine, if it's, uh, I can be like 11 or like, yeah, like 11.5 or like 12.5 or whatever it is. Like right. it, it's about a 1%, not quite 0.9.5, depending on, it's a percentage, right? So, but um, yeah, this, so I, I thought that was interesting that just like the, to have a monopoly and regulate it, but then also regulate it poorly, I think is funny (laughs) i think that's a perfect shining example of exactly what it means to have like regulation for the sake of like satisfying uh a mandate and then just no follow-up yeah because like imagine if follow through i feel like if this was any other product like if you weren't selling what you said you're selling in a non-regulated industry like you're fucking name a thing ground beef and it's like you're saying it's 80 percent lean but it's not you'd get fucking sued for that yeah right but no one's go well maybe people are gonna sue but like i feel like they're protected because they're like whoa it goes through health canada they bought it and then they sell it to the distributor or to the like it's you know it's all i don't actually know how it works but <laughs> i know how liquor works yeah and i know it's similar i think so, when did this come out? I, I just saw it on Twitter like a couple of days ago. Okay. Hmm. So, yeah. So, lo- moral of the story, audit... The free market will do it better. <laughs> audit your weed. Well, the free... It's kind of funny because, like, the free market is, like, directly responsible for this, like, child labor solution <laughs> because they're like, we have a labor shortage yeah. right now. But why do we have a labor shortage? Is it because they're taking 50% of your income in taxes? I think that... So you can't afford to live? There's a lot of reasons as to why they believe there's a labor shortage. I don't know. What I kind of subscribe... Obviously, it's a lot of different things. What I kind of subscribe to is people... As soon as you get out of really undesirable job... and You you, never go back. And you see something else, you never go back. So I think there's a labor shortage in very specific places and it's like hospitality is a big one of them but hospitality is fucking terrible working conditions right 
but there apparently there's a big movement to like automate that with robotics. Yeah, yeah. Which is like, oh, excuse me, I've been working on that one for a while. Uh, robotics in the kitchens, um, or like you know, it flips burgers, or like it can work the deep fryer or whatever. Yeah. And they're relatively affordable. They can be like twenty, thirty thousand dollars, and completely replace an employee. And it's you know works twenty four seven kind of thing. Well, we and, were talking about there's uh, restaurants here in Winnipeg now that have robotic waiters. Yeah. Well, yeah, like that's that's just like a yeah that's one thing like a robot that just like wheels out. But being a server is like a more desirable hospitality job we than get the tips than flipping six hundred burgers in a shift. Like that's right, yeah. the you know I've I, a guy working for me. He used to work in uh, or he was like a, a head chef. For a couple of restaurants and he's like yeah that even that job like sucked it's sweaty you work long hours you work nights you work evenings you work weekends you work holidays just the lifestyle sucked and the pay was never that great and even still restaurants are operating on these like razor margins and they can't pay people better and they can't change the conditions without changing the quality or level of service or timing of service which people which they have to yeah because you have to be there when people are not yeah. working right so they're between a rock and a hard place and yeah. it's like this and robotics seems to be like kind of filling in this void because apparently you can it can relieve up to like 50 percent of a restaurant's uh like back kitchen staff and then the people that they do have can focus on the more like human specialized creative and like customer service type tasks. Yeah, well, they have like um, I saw in Texas, in Austin or whatever, they had a they have a McDonald's that's a hundred percent robots now, not a single human in the building. Yeah, something like McDonald's could be fully mechanized without much difficulty because it basically is mechanized. It is. You're just using a human to do the conveyor belt. Exactly. Right. And so it's like, is that is that a net benefit? to the humans to have the shitty jobs automated in most cases it kind of is like yeah. the fact that we're not out in fields anymore manually you know pulling weeds with our hands and like sending our children out to the mines to fucking you know bash rocks because machines do it now like that's there's generally a net good to mechanization it just becomes an issue of like okay now what do those people do and there are there's a lot of panic around like the robots will take our jobs and it's kind of like x thing will take our jobs like machines will this the steam engine will the internet will the chat gbt will like there's always the next thing but it never does yeah because like if it frees up people out of these jobs and it frees up time and it frees up these parts of the economy and it it just like diverts that energy and consumption into a different space well no one's crying about the carriage manufacturers that went out of business or the like elevator operators or yeah the guys like i think it was it was more than ten thousand people were employed in new york city just like shoveling horse shit <laughs> yeah and it's like Okay, that wasn't like a good job. Yeah. Or there but, was there, So are liberals crying that we lost those jobs? Yes. Like fuck off. Or there was the uh I can't remember what they called them. It was a pretty funny name. But when uh like in the, in Europe, I guess like London specifically, used to have like the sewers was just th throw your literal shit out the window and it'll run down the street. 
and then like into like the canals and whatever. And it, it was just in... a bad system. Oh, right? it was just really bad. Just, just so much disease, right? Didn't the it's... Romans have pipes? Like, yeah, it was worse. Sewage the... pipes. Yeah. Before that. Yeah. Like, how did they not know? <laughs> like, uh, fucking white people. Literally. Wait. Literally. Uh, though there was like a Italians bunch. Italians aren't white. No. If you're not watching the video version of this podcast on youtube.com slash vote willows, we're currently both doing the Italian hand thing. And you probably know exactly what I'm talking about just from hearing that. So. <laughs> yep. The, uh, <laughs> but anyway, there's a job where th these guys are just like running around with like sticks, just like dislodging like turds from canals where they would like clog up. Yeah, imagine talking was, about this right as I took a sip job. of my drink. Uh, as yeah, you got hit in the tooth of the... Yeah, I touched like an ice cube in my mouth right as he said, like, poking turds. And um... Anyway, there's a lot of jobs that are just... It's fine that okay, they went so away. Here's the thing. I'll, I'll, I'll have the, car, the uh, communist argument here for a second. Oh, yippee. The... A lot, like... The, who, who was it? There was like a famous economist or someone who like did the math and they're like because of automation by the year like 2000 this is in like you know 1920 like by the year 2000 the average person will only have to work five hours a week right because robots or like automation whatever will have taken all the hard work to be done right but so what capitalists do is automate the job so they don't have to pay people but then you still have to work and pay bills right they, so you, you it's not decreasing your workload like the proletariat's workload it's just um increasing the profit of the owners there's a degree to which that's true but i mean like you're talking about the share of the profit of the labor but it doesn't mean that the work being done is being done that much in excess. Well, I guess because like if we... It's, it's if... not like we're making a thousand cars and 900 of them go to one guy and the other yeah. hundred cars go to everyone else. Like that's that's that would have to be true also. We are because like... The output and the profits but, would but both but have to be... But here's the thing. Like every model for full automization... Um, needs like ubi to make it work right because if people can't work they can't pay for anything right there's a there's a point in which that becomes true but like the the one of the reasons that that model does or that uh idea or prediction didn't work out is because the level of like the the quality of life and the level of consumption of people in that era was infinitesimal to what you, we have now you'd only have to work five hours a week to afford bread and and uh potato bags yeah and, i was gonna and... say you could afford a flour sack dress yeah and like your one toy made of tin and lead well and it's not like there's anything else in the world that you could buy what could you possibly want what else could you possibly want so you only have to work five hours a week and then like steam games it's like holy shit! Steam. I can spend a lot of games. I can spend a lot of money on Hogwarts Legacy. Steam-powered games. Business idea. Um, so we make steam-powered microchips. The other thing I was gonna say when you said like, why is there a labor shortage? Um, I I've been playing with this idea that like, because I'm I think I'm an accelerationist that I just want the apocalypse to happen. Sure. 
Um, and like, and for those listening, there's a lot of like prepper communities that like are these like, they think they're super tough and smart and they'll survive a apocalypse. I want the apocalypse to happen and then we all die. I don't want to <laughs> survive it. I just want to die. So like, yeah, what's all this romanticism about living past the end of the world? Y- fucking Pedro Pascal makes it look so great riding his goddamn horse. But Daddy. anyway, um, I would make out with him, and that's something I don't say about men a lot. Like, <laughs> I'd have sex with a lot of men, but I don't want to like look at their face. You know right. what I mean? But uh, that is a man I would kiss. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I don't remember where I was going. Don't oh look, yeah, no. Don't, so, don't look at me like that when you say that. Capitalism is a is a economic system based on infinite growth. That's true. It's you a suicidal death cult is but, what it is. No, so you, okay. Ignore what Tyler just said. I am saying something you can't argue with. The definition of capitalism, like it is based on grow like having a better quarter every quarter, right? That is right. that's how capitalism works. Hardcore right wing people, you can't argue with me with that. It is. That's true. Yeah. But we live in a world of finite resources. And eventually we do have to cap out of how much expansion we can do. And we're starting to see it because now like we can't export our labor to China anymore. They're exporting their labor to Bangladesh. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like, so eventually Bangladesh, which, gets, which, uh, which is improving the quality of life in Bangladesh because they have a lot of jobs and, now. And then eventually they don't do want to do the shitty labor. So they outsource their things to fucking sedan and then and then where does sedan outsource it to right like so well, you don't have to outsource it if you just perpetually keep them uh repressed, repressed. yeah 100 percent. which you're, is you're right basically the entirety of the u.s foreign yeah. policy that's an argument for another day but i'm saying that maybe part of the reason we have a job shortage is there's just too many businesses we've expanded past the amount of labor we can provide in the world. Right. Or not, maybe not the world, but in in Canada or America. There's an oversupply of supply. Yeah, because there's so many, like we should just let Amazon handle it. What? I don't know why we want to manage, why do we want to have small business? Well, I think this is a part of like what, of the Fed speak of like, we need to increase the unemployment rate. Like we need to hurt businesses, put people out of business yep. with interest rates because like this shit's too hot. I think about this sometimes of like when I still don't get how putting businesses under helps consumers. It slows down the economy and the breaking of the economy slows down the inflation rate. And that why don't they just lower the inflation rate? So if you hurt businesses, (laughs) it helps people. If you Um, hurt people, you help them, is what I'm trying to say. We had a lot of... got to shoot the dog to fix its leg. We uh, we just hit a all-time record two episodes ago. We had 200 individual streams for an episode, which is that's... We've never had more than that before. So thanks, everyone, for listening. But that would then stand to reason we have a fair amount of new listeners. Um, everything I was saying about closing small business and giving it all to Amazon was me being sarcastic, by the way. Uh, I am a small business owner and I don't want that. Um, that was a joke, but as I was going to like make it more ridiculous, so you knew it was a joke. Then Tyler started on something else. So I didn't get that across. So it really sounded like I was being Mm. serious, but Mm. I had kind of have this like same tone of voice for everything I (laughs) I say. (laughs) Yeah. You gotta sometimes preface and it's a problem. 
it's gotten me in trouble a few times. Yeah. Where people think I'm serious. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's fair. It's fine. So yeah, no, I, uh, I actually care about small business. Um, but how can I say this without being mean? There's a lot of bad small businesses out there <laughs> that, oh, absolutely. that don't need to exist. And they're just taking my market share for what? <laughs> like... Well, it's not, maybe not for you personally, but. No, me personally. <laughs> <laughs> There's. Yeah, I don't know. Hard times in general just always have a, a cleansing effect, which it's hard is times which right is now. which is fine. I like, would say that, like that's just that's natural, like good times, bad times. Like there's nothing econ like there's no there's no form of economics that's gonna stop that from happening. Like complete stability, complete, you know, monotony is would be the unnatural thing. But here's the thing. It's like we are – it's just because we are 27 years old that we're like, holy shit, the world is collapsing. Like it's Everyone never says been, that. It's never been this bad before, but it hasn't been this bad before in our lifetime, right? Right. And like I, we go through this um, – I hear stock trading people talk about this a lot where a lot of people that are like – on Wall Street bets have never experienced a bull, uh, a bear market before. Right. Because they were born in 2000, you know, came of age in 2018 where they could legally trade and there was the most largest unprecedented bull run. And like, oh, stocks just go up. In the entire history of the stock market from like 2018 to 2022. Right. Right. So like a lot of people, small business owners as well, have never experienced a recession before. And I haven't, right? right? Last recession was 2008, right? There wasn't there a minor one in like 2012, I think, like, but yeah, um, you know, so I, I have never personally experienced uh, a period of belt tightening where now I'm getting like my, my average ticket uh, for my alcohol is down 50%. Yeah. Like pe people are skipping that extra drink. They're skipping that second bottle of wine. They're buying for maybe, you know, around Christmas, they're buying for somebody else, but not for themselves right. or, you know, buying for their sister, not their aunt kind of thing. Right. Like yeah. I have never experienced this amount of belt tightening. I have never experienced this amount of I'm sampling. Oh, I love it. Look at the price sheet. Oh, uh, bye. Right. I've never experienced that before. Never in six years of operation. And that's like, my sampling at the liquor stores, it, the sales are down like 80% from pre-COVID. Right. And it's mainly on um, price is like the contention. I'm not here. Like I kind of track as much as I can my complaints and like why, why people aren't buying. And like I try to get as much data from my customers as possible. And my why didn't you buy today? Oh, because I didn't like it. That hasn't increased at all. It's just price yeah but i can't lower my price any like my cost is up in some places 400 percent and i can't raise my price 400 percent. so why can't you just not inflate willows because all my cost is up i'm not making any money anymore i had to yeah. discontinue products because i'm not making any profit yeah so you know i but you know i believe in my product i have a quality product and i have good customer like a good customer base but so i know that if i just weather the storm 
eventually will be fine. Yeah. I mean, um, if I, I had done this the opposite way, it would have uh, been in two layers. I think it is. Oh, okay. Maybe I did do it right then. I just can't tell because of the shot glass. Uh, I don't, yeah, no, the, I don't know. No, now, no, it looks blended. Never mind. Yeah, I should have done it differently, but whatever. Um, what I'm talking about is the shot that I just poured for the segment that we call Shot Caller, the part of the show where you, the audience, can pick the show that we take. The show that we take? I Nailed to, it. I try to actively say part of the show like three times every time I do that, just for fun. The show that we take. This, this is the show that we take. Um, today's shot is brought to you by Jacob Zuma. Uh, and it is a uh, South African style of shot called Springbokies, which is creme de menthe and Bailey's. And I think there might be another ingredient, but I forgot about it. So we're just doing creme de menthe and Bailey's. Thanks, Jacob Zuma, for sponsoring this episode. Zuma, Zuma. That was problematic. <laughs> Honestly, pretty refreshing. For yeah. like a day today, like compared to some of the shit that we've shot, it's like um, it's like the time of year where it's still snow on the ground, still cold, but that sun, man, that sun's given me powers. <laughs> oh, I worked outside all day today, and it was like partially in the sunshine, and I I felt like. I felt like a new man. Actually, not really. It was still pretty. It was still pretty cold. It was like it was that wind was cold today, but it, it was minus five. I didn't have any wind, and I had a lot of sunshine, so okay. it was like it was fine. But like, I showed up to the job site in the morning, and they're like, "Yeah, sorry, you're gonna have to work out, do everything outside today." I was like, "Fuck," which I mean, thank God, three days ago it was like twenty below or like minus twenty-seven yeah. with the wind chill, and now it's like gonna be zero tomorrow. So thank fuck. We're almost through. A couple more weeks, and then we're through. Um, here's something I want to talk about that I thought is interesting, um, that I'm kind of outraged about, but not really, but kind of rage. Um, <laughs> he threw me, that was so out of character for him. Sorry. I was just kind of fucking with my headphones all the time. I'm weird with this, with my voice in my head. I just want to do stuff. Um, the company that owns air miles, uh, declared bankruptcy six hours ago. I declare bankruptcy. <laughs> so they are okay. out of business or probably going to be out of business. I was just, I just tweeted about this on my uh, stock Twitter, drunk dividends, follow if you scare. Um, they're down 99% all time now, <laughs> uh, down like 60% today. Nice. Um, so they so are. So is it a buy? No. <laughs> so they're declaring, are they're restructuring or whatever but they're they're probably done like a chapter 11 kind of thing yeah so my air miles are now which i have because i have a credit card that has air miles and i i'll let you tell me what you think about because zach my business partner is anti-bonus like anti-mile when he goes for point systems point systems he's like just give me the fucking cash back Right. Right. But when I, I remember when I was like 18 and I was picking and I did the math and you actually get more miles per dollar spent 
if you are spending them all. Right. Yeah, the gamification benefits the way the air mile system works or the point system works is you actually disproportionately benefit according to the money that you spend. Yeah. I think we talked about this before. But then you can't spend it on just anything. It's not just cash, right? But if you right but yeah, you you do get a dis you get more than you pay for. Yeah. And it's really weird because the points company also makes profit and the airlines also benefit. And it's like it's a three-way profit that shouldn't be possible, but it just basically counts on people that don't fully use their benefits. Well, and they've now declared bankruptcy, so of it, <laughs> evidently... Which is interesting, because a lot of those point systems have been some of the most valuable uh, well, business models. Okay, well, so here, I'll, I'll give you some context. So, well, what, what number one, what I thought was funny is because I have a bunch of uh, air miles right now. I've redeemed them a bunch for flights and stuff, but I was going to, when we went to Halifax a few weeks ago, I was going to redeem them. I didn't quite have enough. And you can partially redeem them, but it's annoying because you have to, like, redeem them to, like, your cash account and then buy the ticket. And it's, like, a whole thing. Um, so I just have these miles in limbo now. And if you go on their rewards redeem page, it's all deactivated. So you can't redeem any miles right now. Damn. Yeah. So they, they it's like, fuck. So I should have done this like a week ago. I should have bought a blender or something and like not, you know, so they're just gone. So whatever. And then the other thing I'm worried about is that that's my main credit card that I have. Like the one with the, all my high limits is an air miles card. I'm hoping they just swap it out with something and they don't just be like, Oh, this doesn't exist anymore. You don't have it. Right. Well, what will most likely happen is somebody will purchase air miles, the debt at, at the least. Yeah. Yeah. Someone will purchase the debt. But, like, so, like, for instance, because, like, Sobe, Safeway, they dropped uh, dropped Air Miles pretty recently. Home Hardware dropped Air Miles. Like, oh, that, you know, yeah, I could see. No I can one see, uses them anymore. I can see that happening. Um, and I don't know. I haven't jumped into the back end of the financials. I don't know how much they were charging business. Like, I don't know why they were dropped. Presumably because it stopped being a good deal for, you know. Well, I guess what what's the pitch to a grocery store? Why would you accept air miles? Because people are going to shop there to get air miles, right? It's right. It's not really a thing anymore because any grocery store worth their chops was like, "Hey, air miles is making all this money off of us. Let's make our own point system." So, like in where we're from, uh, the PC Optimum system is taking yeah. over everything, which is a Loblaws when... system, which is like uh, our main all our main drug stores. Our yep. biggest grocery stores and also um, but SO gas stations all run on the PC Optimum S- system. Safeway Sobeys does uh, scene points. Which is stupid in my opinion. But I guess like, because Scotiabank owns scene. Right. I guess they pay them probably. Yeah. Presumably. So, yeah, scene points, which you just spend at the movie theater. No, no, no. You can, you can use them like air miles, I'm pretty sure. Really? Yeah, it's. I think it's just a coincidence that they also own a bunch of movie theaters. Oh, um, I the, all the all all the shit that I see for scene is just about like going to see movies. I'm fairly certain you can do more than that. I hope so. Because <laughs> <laughs> be kind of dumb and like, who would just only have I want to see movies as their credit card system? Yeah, I feel like that's not. Nobody sees that many movies these days. Why? Well, one of my employees sees like a movie a day. 
That's he should probably get a scene card. I think he does have one. <laughs> Yeesh. Yeah, that I, I don't know. I think there's just so much competition. Like the all the cards themselves, all the brands have like their own really good points and reward systems and a lot of those stack on top of other things. But yeah, like like you said, it's it's for the retailers, but all the retailers want to get their own point systems yeah. and use that I, allocation of credit or value or whatever. Towards... I can see it being a bad business model. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I could see why it worked for a bit and how it became, uh, now it's splintered. Yeah. Yeah. I so guess whatever like, they were doing. Do to... you think like, um, Amazon had a, had a hand in this, like people shopping on Amazon instead of go, having to go to Walmart. Does Walmart still do air miles? No, I have no idea. I've never been to a Walmart. Ever? No, I have been. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you my... My Walmart story this one time I went. The my only Walmart time. story. No, I have a bunch of Walmart story. <laughs> you know, okay, no, we used to go to Walmart because it was like one of the only 24-hour stores. And now they're right. not even fucking open 24 hours. So we went to Walmart and my friend Blake, we were... I would have been 16 or 17... My friend Blake would have been 20 or 21. We were hanging out with him. And it was like 3 in the morning on a school night. Of course. Me and Zach. And uh, he's like, he goes to his car, his BMW 335i. And uh, just smokes a ton of weed. This is when he, he, he's like relatively clean now. But he used to have this one hitter. Yeah. you would like pump full of weed and then just, this is like before vapes. Those are great. And uh, he would just fucking chain smoke that thing. And I'm, I'm like, I don't know how this guy functions, like the amount of weed he smokes. But uh, we went to Walmart because he was hungry. And we he walks in. First thing he sees right when we walk in is like the day old bread or whatever. And he's like, oh, banana bread loaf. <laughs> That'd be good. Okay, okay, okay. Puts it down. We spend three hours walking around Walmart for him to try and find something that he like is perfect to hit the spot. And then he ends up just getting the banana bread loaf <laughs> that like he had in his hands right when we walked in three hours before. And then we ate, brought it into a Tim Hortons and ate it in the back without paying anything to Tim Hortons. And there's a picture of me. And then sounds like a classic pothead story. Every time I went to uh, Walmart, I would shoplift uh, Mio yeah. You know what those are? Yeah, yeah. They're like, for the listeners that don't, they're like, what, flavor enhancements to water? So you like. Yeah, just concentrated flavor shots. Concentrated flavor shots. So what me and Zach would do is spray them in our mouths. Uh huh. Like in class. Because? It's funny. It's... And it's like, it's like taking a fucking shot of liquor. It's like, what? <laughs> it's like, it wakes you up. And, uh. It's probably because it's like a lot of sugar and. Yeah, well, it's supposed to be, yeah, it's supposed to be, like, diluted, like, 20 times, and we're just taking a fucking clean shot of it right in your mouth. So that was fun. But, uh, so every time I would go uh, to Walmart, I would shoplift them, because they're, like, nine bucks, and I'm like, fuck that, I want to take a shot in class, but I'm not gonna pay nine bucks for it. So, um, so there's a picture, I'll put it on the screen in the video version if, uh, if I remember, of, uh, Blake holding the, uh, banana bread and me holding a pack of mio did you did you uh did you ever 
add Mio to Shrug? Um, like a, I bet we probably did. You know, it was no. You know, what we did was um, self-flavored Shrug. Drink crystals. We did do. Okay. And um, he's talking about we had a uh, sugar wine prototype product before the winery opened. That was just basically fermented sugar. Which is incredible. They're just like, how, what do we ferment that as sugar? Uh, how about sugar? <laughs> Granulated yeah. white sugar. Yeah, so... It is not good. We uh, couldn't legally produce it commercially because uh, the carbamate level was too high from just... Because uh, it ferments too hot because it's just pure sugar. Yeah. Um, and creates a bunch of carbamate, which is not safe for human consumption. It's like the stuff that's in the uh, in charcoal when you cook a steak. Right. So we could never per, uh, produce it commercially. So if, if you were, like, drinking this for a while, it would have been bad. Uh, Yeah, yes and no. I mean, the same way eating a bunch of steak is bad for you, right? Like, what a burnt steak. You know, we're drinking alcohol. It's fine. <laughs> like, so carbamate you're, you're is already poisoning yourself. Almost certainly safer than drinking I'm gonna say um, this is where we draw the line, though. So you can poison yeah. yourself, but you can't do it with carbamate as well. Yeah, exactly. So, but um, we made it uh, while we were um, living in the trap house, and we couldn't afford liquor. That's when we were making it because we were just like trying to make the highest alcohol for the cheapest money. And uh, we didn't. I we we probably did. I that kind of era of my life is a blur. But uh, we, I remember doing drink crystals with it. Yeah. Um, which were bad because you don't dilute it at all. So it's just the taste of the sugar wine uh, kills you if you want to Google it. It's technically what it is. It's a uh, Swedish Finnish drink. Kills you. K-I-L-J-U. And uh, you don't dilute it at all when you just mix drink crystals in it, right? So it's still right. like that strong ass bad tasting shit, but now it's just like flavored, <laughs> flavored. So it's like because even like with like flavored vodkas, it's slightly diluted. They diluted a little bit to make it more palatable, right? I don't know how they make like Smirnoff flavored vodka, but it's like twenty five percent. I'm pretty sure. Uh, no, I think a lot of them are full. No, they're I almost certain they're at least thirty five. I'm I'm like I no, I I called someone on this the other day and I got. Uh, I was t completely wrong. Like someone's like, "Oh, this like flavored whiskey." Whiskey is and... different though because you want to keep a lot of the whiskey flavor. But like, I for instance, it was like a, it was like a sweetened or a flavored whiskey. All the Crown and it was Royal still full forty percent. All the Crown Royal whiskeys are 30, 35. Yeah, but there, this one was um, forty. Or Smirnoff, 42. I'm almost certain is thirty. Let's let's, let's fucking check it if right not now. Like, which lower. one? Which one? Smirnoff vod flavored vodka. Well, Smirnoff. He can't spell it. That's why he wanted to do another one. No, like what flavor? I don't know. Just look on the Liquor Mart site and you'll see a list of Vodka. Vodka. Okay, well, obviously, like, the Berry Blast is going to be diluted. True. Let's just do Cherry Vodka. That's a thing. My mom has... Like, Ugh, my I mom had, like, vodka. Cherry Vodka in her... Uh... Dude, I... Uh... Like, I like to drink... I literally, I literally just cringed thinking of my experiences with God, cherry vodka. God, like, are you overage? I'm like, fucking hell. Ovaries? 
and we'll see you after these commercial messages. Okay, Smirnoff Cherry 750 mil. Uh, why is it not tell you anything about it? Is this an American website? Yeah. That would be why. <laughs> what the fuck? Okay, we're going to cut all of this out. Okay. Oh, Liquor Marts. There it is. LiquorMarts.ca. 35%. Called it. So they go down to 35 for flavored. Which so basically means what you do... Extra 5% of water there. Yeah, as a... As a liquor manufacturer myself, how I would do it is flavor the water, have unalcoholized flavored water, and then dilute the vodka 5%. That's how right. I would do it right. myself. Because you wouldn't want to add any juice or anything because you wouldn't want to, number one, fuck with the color. Number two... Um, diluted any heavier so i would take yeah like a sugar natural flavors and mix it in water to basically make a flat san pellegrino wow and then mix Brave. it dilute the vodka five percent with it that's what i would do so i don't know what they do but that's what i would do um so here, here's here's another one that uh i was at the uh bar for lunch um I was thinking whether I should shout them out. I'm not going to. But I was at this bar that I kind of like, or it's it's a restaurant, but we were in the lounge part because it was, we were just stopping for a drink and lunch. But we were out uh, out of town because we were doing um, some business. And uh, anyway, so I'm like, what do you have on tap? And they tell me. And I'm like, okay, I'll get a pint of that one. And she's like, well, actually, a pint, we don't have pints. We have 16 ounce glasses. And someone let me know, or customers have been telling me that that's not actually a pint. So we can't call it a pint anymore because that's actually an American pint is 20 ounces. And then me and Zach look at each other because we know this pretty well. And we're like, no, you have it exactly backwards. <laughs> An American pint is 16 ounces and a European pint is 20. She starts arguing with me. Being like, no, 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 no. I've been over this with, with the customers and my management. And it's like the the, the 16 ounces and the, it's not a pint. And I'm, no, it's just a like, This is easily verifiable. Like, and it's just like, it's a metric pint. It's just, it's different. They call it the same. Imperial pint and metric pint, they call it something else, but it's the same. And it's just, no. So a metric pint's more. I think a metric pint is 20. Uh, imperial pint is 16. Yeah, because Americans are pussies and they can't drink. Which is, it's because uh, imperial and metric ounces are different. Yeah, because Americans are pussies and they can't drink. So they they had to change everything accordingly. Yeah. So right, right. it's it's whatever, but it, it's uh, but she was arguing the opposite of what is true. Right. Um. Again, easily verifiable yeah, via Google. But then I was like, okay, I'll just take sixteen ounces of the beer then. And then when she brought it, she was like, "Here's your sixteen ounces of the beer," and I'm like, "Thanks." And I was just like, me and Zach, she's like, she has that backwards. <laughs> like, <it's> just, <laughs> Can you like weigh in and be like, I'm a liquor man, you It's like, well, it's just funny because it's like something that we have more knowledge than the average person should have. Right. But it's like the, she was, yeah, she was just arguing the opposite of what was true. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Right. And I'm like, also, if someone did that in my bar, which people do shit like that, where they're like mispronounce something or they're just like, whatever. Don't be pedantic I about don't it. correct them. <laughs> Yeah, and even if I do correct them, like if someone like um, the only reason I would ever correct somebody is to verify that's in, indeed what they want. Right. Right. Like to make sure I'm not fucking up their order. 
Yeah. So like if they're like, can I have a glass of Merlot? And I'm like, a glass of Merlot? Yeah. And that's just how I usually do it. Like as right. I'm writing it down, like, yeah, like just to, to make sure they're not like, no, no, no. I didn't mean Mer- the Merlot. I know. I want this. I'm like, oh, that you like, you know. Right. Because I happens. don't, I like Merlot. I don't like yeah. Mer- Merlot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Fuck so, Merlot. <laughs> and then, and because that's better to do it there than when you bring it to them and they don't yeah. want what you ordered. Um, so that's the only time I would ever correct people um on pronunciation or anything like that is just like to verify so like don't fucking argue with me <laughs> like just you know what i mean right get me a pint <laughs> like get me 20 ounces bitch fuck like yeah that's yeah. frustrating so it was just like i'm like okay all right and then we were sitting in view of the um vlt machines the uh, virtual lottery terminals and uh god that is such an awful name god they are just so they make me so sad like these because you're not winning here we're gonna take another shot because if we take a shot that's under 40 percent on this podcast we always take a second one so cheers easy no they so two or three different people walked in from the street walked right past the hostess sat down to the vlts put money in lost it in 10 minutes and then left jeez <clears throat> take a guess i know the exact number take the take a guess so take a guess what the profit is on virtual lottery terminals that the government run now keep in mind this isn't like projected profit. This isn't variable. They are programmed to make a certain amount of money. So every dollar they spend, what's the profit? Oh, I haven't thought about it from this. I think I'm, I know like the payout number. Yeah, is what? Isn't like 37, 39%? No. Lower? Yeah. God damn. Uh, I don't know. 9%. What? Yeah. Oh, God. God, that's so low. Yeah, ninety-one percent of the money taken in stays in. Stays in by programming. God damn! That's, own... How is that not criminal? <laughs> because the government's running it, and it says it right there in the books. Like you read the thing, it says it right there. If you read the, they have to legally put like a disclaimer of the odds that right. everyone just skips through. If right. You read it, it says, "Oh yeah, no, you have a nine percent chance." To make money, basically. No, you have a 100% chance of making 9% of your money. Yes, that's a better way. To, yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. You don't have a 9% chance no, no, of no. winning. No, no. So, yeah, on a long enough timeline, you'll lose 91% of your money. Mathematically. But the way, that it, the way that it jumps up, jumps down, will wash out 100% of your money. Correct. Yeah, so because it'll go at some point, it goes below zero technically. Yeah, so the the like the house edge on blackjack, for instance, is only like a half percent. Right, it's like fifty and a half percent to forty nine or whatever forty nine and a half percent. Yeah, um, I think like baccarat is even close is even tighter. It's within like two percent, uh, 0.2 of a percent. Mm. Um. Ba- yeah, no, no, uh, Pi Gal 
is the closest player edge uh, table game you can play in the casino. Right. I can. That's the. Uh, it's like Chinese I, poker. I can say the Chinese one, right? Yeah. yeah. I can see why that game's fucking addicting. Yeah, that's like the closest you can get to even odds for right. the casino. Blackjack, yeah, is like half a percent, but yeah, ninety-one percent. They're retaining on that. It's literally just Robbery. a poor people tax. Like, yeah. And like they're just re- they're just reclaiming the uh, the child tax, dude. Day. It's, it's like it's so sad. It's really terrible. Yeah, it's it's it shouldn't. But like, how do you? Because we it, talked about this before. Like, how how else do you direct no, that? You outlet, can't because right? like I have somebody in my life that gambles a lot that I won't say their name, and they're self admitted an addict. Uh, they've banned themselves from the casino, which you can do if you if you. For reference, if you have a problem with gambling, listening at home, you can ask your casino to ban you. Yeah. Because you don't, you can't control yourself, and they'll take your picture, take your ID, and like won't let you back in. And uh, so he banned himself from the casino, but while he was banned, he was just online gambling. Yeah. And then now, he's not online gambling. Now he's discovered uh, short-term out-of-the-money options <laughs> trading <laughs> on Robinhood, or which is the same thing. Which is the, the exact same thing. But yeah, he's 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 just an addict. And if you took away all his ways to gamble, he would just find some other way to gamble. Yeah. Like he did, and he might be like. Is him being in a casino probably better than him shooting dice on the corner? You know what I mean? Like, I get the idea of like the government controlling it because like it is exploitation, objectively. But but it... they don't just control it; they do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they exploit people. It's not yeah. like they're like we're gonna make it illegal and regulate it. It's we're gonna do it so we can profit. Right, because the alternative is if you make it illegal, it'll just go underground, and then yeah. it'll be then it turns into loan sharking and all this well, other type of shit. Fucking prohibition never works. Period. Yeah, just look at Peaky Blinders. Like it just doesn't work. Yeah, like alcohol um, consumption went up during prohibition in the United States. Like because people were stressed. Prohibition just doesn't work with anything. The war on drugs was the biggest failure and waste of money that they've ever done. Like, you just can't ban stuff. Which is funny because I just saw, like, another post today of, like, our local police force being, like, $4.3 million of whatever meth and heroin seized. It's, like, they're still... That's, like, the only thing that they post about. Yeah, because it's propaganda. As a victory. No, there's, like, of all the things that police can be doing, (laughs) the only thing I ever see come out of their social media is drug busts. Yeah, it, it, we just like, helped all these kids get off the street and get clean. No. Like, objectively, most of the crime and most of what police forces are responsible for has nothing to do with drugs. Yeah. And, like, taking drugs, quote-unquote, off the streets doesn't do anything to the number of drug addicts out there. Because, like, the supply will just... Imme- the, void will, the void will be filled by a different supplier. Yeah, and the guy who lost the drugs, like you, that guy lost his money. That's the only thing that happened. That void will be filled. There, there is more drugs. <laughs> Wait, I, I assure you, really, there's more drugs. I thought that by busting mid-level distributors, you could like get rid of drugs. Oh, 
No. Yeah. Isn't it kind of, it's funny that you say that because that is kind of a sick way for them to like brag. It's completely fucked. It doesn't right? make any sense. It doesn't make any, if you think about it for three fucking seconds, there's no logic continuity, logical continuity to that at all. And then all the comments on those posts are like, good job, WPS. Good job. Like, thanks for getting these off the street. Yeah. And the last one that got posted and the, the fucking Winnipeg police poster boy that does like the photo shoot, the photo ops and like the press conferences, whatever. He's this fucking Chad <laughs> that's like never done a day of police work in his life. And I don't know. I'm... I'm gonna besmirch the guy, but I'm not gonna say his name. Just say allegedly. And allegedly, then and then you. No, I I know I, I know for a fact, but I'm gonna say <laughs> allegedly. Just because it hasn't been proven in court. Sure, uh, allegedly, um, he just takes drugs out of lockup and then does them at house parties and gives them to underage girls so he can fuck them, and like that's who he is and that's his lifestyle. That doesn't sound like police officers, right? And he. Uh, he has this like table full of drugs, and it's like allegedly. It's, it's no, no. This this is this is on like the news. Okay. Uh, he has this table full of drugs, and it's just like pyramid stacked like bricks of meth, and then they've got like handguns like crisscrossed in front of the pyramid, like merchandise, and it's like the best merchandising of drugs you could have possibly done. Like they 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 spent time on this shit. And he's standing behind it with, like, this fucking smug kind of grin on his face. And they're like, wow, look at this massive drug seizure. And I just, I couldn't help myself. I just commented on it. And I was like, man, you could just see how happy this guy is that he gets to rail all this shit right up his fucking <laughs> nose. And someone's like, it's like, I don't know, some boomer was triggered about this. And like, it's like, these drugs shouldn't be on the street. Like, like, didn't address the thing that I said at all. And I was like... I don't see what your objection has to do with the fact that this police officer <laughs> is, is going, going to, to do, do all the of these drugs at a house party. I'm like, these drugs are going back on the street tonight, <laughs> and it is going to benefit him greatly. And I'm like, I don't, I don't see what your objections to uh, the fact that there's, you know, meth heads on the street, you know, dying of ODs and doing violence. Like, what does that have to do with the co the fact that this cop gets free drugs? Like, there's, it's not one or the other. It's both, all the time, and we pay for it. Speaking of triggered boomers on social media, me, I'm there. I'm uh, there. Yeah. This is this is this is the equivalent of tr triggered boomers on Facebook. It's fucking millennials with their own podcast. <laughs> oh we, no, we don't need to uh, get into it because I don't really care about American politics anymore. But um, I, Tim Pool tweeted who's a famous right-wing, yeah. alt-right kind of guy. He tweeted... Tim uh, Apple. Yeah, Tim Apple tweeted a poll saying, should people with psychiatric conditions, mental illness, etc., be able to buy a firearm? Right? So a lot of people, uh, right-wing people, are like, well, you know, it depends, like, you know... I think like Ian Miles Chong, who's a fucking weirdo, like uh, tweet like responded being like, "Well, you, you know, depends. Like, you you know, we're not going to sell guns to a paranoid schizophrenic or whatever, right?" But so I get in the uh, get in the argument with my famous uh, 
I'm bored. Famous, yeah. famous good faith, well logic <laughs> arguments. I'm bored waiting for a meeting, so I troll a bunch of people, get them angry, and then mute the conversation, then go to my meeting and never think about it again. And if I ever go back to these conversations, there are like 900 comments of people screaming at each other, and I'm like, oh, great. Um, I said, shall not be infringed, period. And they start going, well, I'm like, no. Is a paranoid schizophrenic not a member of our fucking great country? Shall not be infringed means shall not be infringed. I don't care if they're homicidal. Shall not be infringed. You're not going to take my fucking guns. Yeah, either kill me or give me a gun. <laughs> and I, so I, 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 I like, I've said this before. I like trolling the right and the left with farther right and left doctrine. Well, it's, but what you're saying is completely consistent with their argument because but the, they don't believe it is what I'm trying be, to say yeah right? because the argument of the right is like it's the it's the uh, what's the inter what's that uh, method of interpretation of like uh, the, like the literal reading of the um, of the law is like what the interpretation should be it's not like the current like taking uh, current circumstances and context yeah, and it's then, like, then context and circumstances into account. It's because muskets didn't exist, so... Yeah, right. You yeah. read it as it is, right? No, like, the the, the fact, like, the, all this, like, free speech stuff, like, the free speech amendment was written in ink and quill. Yeah. They didn't know about... So we should get rid of fucking... free speech. <laughs> they just... They wrote a simple rule, and they didn't account for the fact that it was going to account for, like... A pogrom and a genocide in an yeah. African nation. That's, like, fine, though. Like, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but my point was, like, a lot of these people are, like, shall not be infringed. But then I'm like, hey, let's give the homicidal schizophrenic a gun. I'm like, well, no. I'm like, well, why? Shall not be infringed, motherfucker. So I think the left needs to go back to their roots. Because the only time the left has Well, there ever... is no left. This is that's what I'm saying. Let me like, let there, me. There is no left. Let me let me spout some rhetoric here. The only time the other side has the anti-gun people have been successful in rolling back gun rights is when they gave guns to like the Black Panthers and yeah, black and then people. they're like we should. Yeah, and they... that was that's the reason that California was the first place and is still one of the most restrictive places for gun laws is because there were too many black panthers because <laughs> there was black panthers and there's just the gangs and shit like they banned saturday night specials they've got all these crazy gun laws that basically make having saturday guns Alive? yeah illegal for anyone unless you have money then it's fine i love money so if the left wants to create gun laws you just need to arm a lot of people that the right is scared of that so they could be more afraid of those people armed than they feel safe being armed against those people yeah poor like, and black people if you give them guns then, yeah yeah like and like this is one of my favorite things about the you know the current like uh dispute over you know drag queen hours and whatever is the fact that like antifa members are just like left not i shouldn't just say antifa members that's a dumb generalization but like left wing gun toting 
like uh, drag queen defenders are showing up in fucking plate armor and yeah. AR-15s and fucking shotguns to drag queen hour with a pride flag on their chest. And then the right wing protesters come by with their guns and they're like, what the fuck, dude? What you going to do? Hey, don't say dude. No, you say that to the... the... Dude. Oh. They, them, dude. 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 I... May... Dude. It sounds... It feels weird in my ear. Dude. <laughs> uh, I, I just think that's excellent. Like, that's... I do think And immediately, you, you have, like... You have 30 Nazis and one guy with an AR-15 and a pride flag, and the 30 Nazis will run. Yeah. Because they're so afraid of that one fucking blue-haired liberal with a gun. They're like, oh my god, this well, no, person... The... I was afraid of their words, but now they have a gun, and I'm going to shit myself. Yeah, the liberals never have guns. It's... But they that that is that is increasing becoming increasingly people always popular. call liberals leftists yeah. and it's just not okay, true. Sure, the li- yeah, I'll agree. Liberals don't have guns, but like the leftists are like, "Fuck yeah, we need guns yeah. to arm ourselves against the state." Well, every, well, exactly. Every and the fucking, Nazis, every you know, Thomas Sankara, Che Guevara, like all these revolutions have all been communists, right? They're all these far left people, and they're like, right. "Yep, let's get some fucking guns," right? Like. Yeah. Yeah. So as we're coming to the end of the podcast episode here, is there anything now that you're under the influence of alcohol that will you change your mind on that we've talked about today? Child labor. I was just going to say, I think. So here's the thing. 200 years ago, yeah? We had children working the mines because their little hands and bodies could get in like the bigger, the best places to get the coal, right? Sure. Number one most downloaded video game, 2022. Go. Minecraft. Minecraft. The children yearn for the mines. Yeah, enough said. So I think, why not make some money on this? Why why not give them some money for mining? Yeah, so they can go to school, work the mines, and also play Minecraft. That's why millennials like this super square-shaped modern architecture. Squares? You know architecture in 2023? It's all fucking squares. Uh, well, like jagged edges. You know, it's because we grew up playing Minecraft and Roblox. Oh, uh, yeah. So we okay. like the modern architecture. I love rectilinear design. Oh no, you're a contractor. <laughs> um, you're like you're telling me what architecture is about. I'm like, oh no. Either like the super modern or like castle. I don't really like that, like, weird in-between 1960 to, you know what I mean? You don't like mid-century modern? You like no. br- You like brutalism? I like brutalism a lot. I was going to say, because you described two things that are both brutalism. Like, castles, brutalism. <laughs> uh, super modern, brutalism. Okay, I guess so I like you brutal- just like brutalism. I guess I like brutalism, yeah. Because I, I like the, Sorry, like, it's not on the budget this time, but you we'll know, work on it. You know, the modern, like, the super, like, everything's a fucking right edge. Like, I like shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. And then I like, um, yeah, like castles. A spire with a circle spare case. That's pretty cool. Circle spare case. Um. <laughs> These spring, but to be fair, I had three Long, Long Island iced teas for lunch and a fish taco. A fish taco? The two of them. Okay. Um, so, my Do you take... know Long Island iced teas don't have iced tea in them? 
Okay, continue. Yes, yes, I'm quite aware. Uh, my, so my take on child labor is, like, it's actually kind of nuanced because, like, I wouldn't be here today if <laughs> this, it wasn't for child labor. This fucking guy is like, I don't like child labor, but <laughs> I, I don't like to toss around the word eugenics a lot. But, but. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I have a first-hand account and nuanced experience in terms of exactly this issue because, because you were a child laborer. Because my father was, well, a child laborer since he was like whatever seven, working the farm. Uh, I mean, some people wouldn't call that the same thing because you know you're within with family and whatever why is child labor working for your family not considered child labor because typically it's not working 12 hour days and making a wage it's like typically it the, is the, <laughs> the kid works as hard as they have energy for but they yeah. just kind of hang around yeah and they're like like the kids will do some stuff but they're not like you have production quotas, quotas yeah, and yeah, okay, you have to right. be here this many hours and punch in punch like it's you got to pay taxes. Like, no, you're just like the whole family's working and the kid's there and they're helping. I'm gonna like, make that's, the, it's really nuanced, I'm right? I'm going to clickbait this episode and be like, we hired a child laborer for $2,000. Uh, this is what happened. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but me. Um, but yeah, so my dad was working the farm forever. And then when he came to Canada, he was also working like like just, just for cash for a local farmer, like just hoeing beets. Yes. Uh, continue. I'll just leave that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's out in the field. And, like, I don't know if you've ever stood in a field. Like, around here, at least, it's, like, black dirt. And when it's, like, fucking hot and sunny, it doesn't matter if it's breezy or not, but, like, all the air that's hitting you is just fucking hot. You're sweating. The dust is kicking up. It's sticking to your skin. You're even hot. Like, it's just, it's not nice. It's... You're just fucking dying out there, and there's no shelter, there's no shade anywhere, and you're just you're just dying in the sun. Like that's what my dad did for like years until he got old enough to like get a little bit of skills, and then he worked his way into like a factory that was like not under the sun but still hot and dusty. Like that was his upgrade, and he was like working below minimum wage for most of his life until whatever he reached like twenty. Most of his life until he reached twenty. Yeah, because he started it when he was six. <laughs> he had a long career uh, by the time he was 20. So my my dad's family, my family wouldn't have been able to, like, economically survive here. Which, if, like, I like, think... All, if all, like, nine kids weren't working. I think you should just stayed in Mexico. <laughs> like, probably. <laughs> Most of my family did. Do you and... think your life would be better if you were... No. Like, okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> no, it wouldn't be better down there. I mean, like, the quality of life of, like, wow, it's better climate and whatever. But, like, it's just more, there's just violence there. There's Mexico's a lot of violence. weird, but, like, I know there's a lot of, like, Caribbean islands. Well, that, like, you just yeah. work as much as you need to work every year. Yeah, and some of my family did run away to Bolivia and Belize and whatever. They live good lives. Like, they don't live in squalor like they live good lives they, they live in bungalows in a place that's beautiful and nice and they have like their carpenters or fucking fishermen or whatever they just they're fine but the the economics of like getting yourself out of the situation like that's where this comes out of it's like desperation so 
one of the solutions that's like being proposed is like giving kids like legal or like quote unquote kids like we're talking about like 13 14 15 year olds where they're like they could do something like give them legal counsel get them uh like work permits give them proper ids and then they can like work stocking shelves in a like store well, instead of like getting their fingers ripped off in a conveyor belt you can work at 12 here Right, With like, your parents' permission. Right, but then you need paperwork and all that. Oh, or, so you're or, talking about, like, this story that you told earlier it was an illegal immigrant. Underage person. No, no, legal, legal immigrant, but didn't have, uh, like, legal work permits and stuff work like that. Work visa or whatever. Right, because yeah. they're a child. Fair. They're, they're, they have, like, refugee status. Like, I had a job when I was, like, 13. Right. Like, a summer job at a mini golf course. Exactly. So, the, this stuff is that, like, there's nothing, I think everyone can agree, like, morally, there's no problem with that stuff. Like, it's, a child working a part-time job. Right. To teach them responsibility. Right. There's no, nobody morally has a problem with that. Fucking right-wingers love it. Some Every, people might. Leftists, yeah. leftists, most of them love it. Liberals, fuck what they think. <laughs> Uh, but like everyone's usually fine with this. The problem is, they're like getting hot Cheeto lung <laughs> and fucking getting permanent maiming Alcohol injuries. Alcohol Beyond This Point uh, shirt of the week is hot Cheeto lung. You can buy it at alcoholbeyondthispoint.com. Like kids are dropping out of junior high because they gotta work more OT. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. that's where the problem comes from. It's not like. It, like, again, it's a very nuanced situation, but yeah, my coming around on this is just realizing like this is actually kind of a big part of my own life story. <laughs> and, like I was thinking about it myself. I was sixteen, working in, like a lumber mill. Yeah, yeah you were like, yeah. like doing real shit, like dangerous stuff. And I was sixteen. That's like kind of on. That's on the. That's on like that's on. Th there's a line drawn <laughs> there, but it's drawn for a reason. And then you were like, I could drive myself to work. You were driving yourself to work at sixteen, working in your lumber mill, and then driving to your church to be a youth pastor afterwards. You were basically a forty-five-year-old man. <laughs> like, yeah, and I'm now I'm over it. Now I'm. Uh, 27 year old fucking burnout yeah <laughs> getting I guess, drunk i guess getting so. drunk with me on a thursday <laughs> ranting on a podcast the equivalent of facebook posts for boot I, I can't i can't i'm not gonna get over that now that i've now that now that i see it i can't I'm this is it. our facebook post for boomers is, yeah. is doing this yeah yeah, yeah. Uh -oh. well uh oh i just ruined this for everyone um i'm either gonna call it facebook posts for boomers or quick bait with the child labor but either way thank you for listening to the alcohol beyond this point uh podcast episode 106 this has been willows this is tyler and we will see you in the next episode, episode. <laughs> that's what you're gonna say right yeah I'm doing a boathouse. Alcohol Beyond This Point podcast. This isn't two podcasters talking business. This is two business guys trying to podcast.